DC Coaching presents Be World Class, a podcast that teaches real estate and mortgage professionals how to build a world-class practice that can serve 15 plus families a month without working more than 40 hours a week so that you can live an inspired life. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Okay, guys, let's begin. So, hey, welcome to the call. I'm being joined on this call by Shira McKenzie. Hey. And Jenny Stoner. Hey, guys. Guys, I'm sure you know this, but these two ladies do not like to toot their own horns. Um, So I'm going to do it for them right now. They both have accomplished some of the rarest feats that I've seen in this business. Um, Let me first start talking about Shira. I'm not sure if you guys know this. Now, you might know this part that she, her best year, she originated 63 million in one year, which is awesome, okay? But the rare thing that I almost have never heard before is she did this in a brand new market where she knew nobody. She had no roots there. She didn't go to high school there. She didn't have family friends. She moved to a new town, which was Boston. And uh, within a few short years, she originated 63 million dollars. Guys, that is an astounding feat. And, um, and then also I want to talk about Jenny today because Jenny did what I consider to be the holy grail of this business. She did the work to standardize her process. She McDonaldized her process um, with the sales machine, which allowed her to serve every single client that she has with excellence. And that is what allowed her to be able to pass on her 150 unit a year business. She was able to retire and she still gets a residual income to this day on her business. That to me, guys, is the holy grail. It's what we want for each and every one of you guys. We want big volume, but we want you guys to systemize it so you're not overworked, so you're not on the verge of burnout, so that you have an asset that you own. And so as I was preparing for this call, I was asking myself, um, in coaching, we'll talk about, you know, the, the systems, we'll talk about all the sales machine stuff, we'll talk about the VIP client for life, we talk about all the tactical stuff in coaching, but what was the mindset that, that Shira and Jenny had um, to create this extraordinary success? That was a question that I asked myself, and we talk a lot about mindset in here, but this is one of the key mindsets that I think that, that they both have, that if you ask them, they probably wouldn't know it at all. Um, cause almost everybody has a blind spot around this. Um, but they have it, they own it. And I want to have a conversation about it today. And what that mindset is, is that they deeply understand that this business is not about them. And for you, this business is not about you. It's not about your company. It's not about how much money you make. It's not about Anything that's related to your own fears, doubts, or anxieties, this business is really about what Zig Ziglar said. I don't know if you guys have seen this quote, but I think it's brilliant. Is he said, if you help enough people get what they want, you will get everything that you want in this business and more. So what I'd like to do today is go into a deep discussion around this topic. So Jenny, what comes to mind when, when you hear me say that about you and like, how did you do that? Like, Were you even aware that you had that heart for service, that you kept the business about the clients, that you didn't get involved in your own anxieties and fears? uh, Talk to me about that. Yeah, um, I I was pretty aware of it. I I try to live in a way that that focuses on other people and not me. So, I mean, it was it was actually a deliberate choice Uh, for me. But what 
the benefit I ended up um, getting from it was the anxiety and the fear was a whole lot less <laughs> when I took the focus off of me Tell and, me about that. and put it on my clients. So, I mean, if it's about me, it's about how I'm performing and what my numbers look like. And am I on the top of the scoreboard? I didn't really care. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it's, it's fun for a little bit, but then, but then after a while, that's, that was never my why. And that was never why I got up every morning to, to serve. So how did you do it? So how did you keep the business to about them? Like what were some of like the tactical things that so somebody's listening to you right now and they're going, well, how do I do that? Like, yeah. Like, um, I mean, for me, <laughs> I would, I would like do this exercise every morning. You know, we teach a system, um, the marketing system where Monday through Thursday, there's something to do every morning. And I just remember putting myself in a place of empathy for them before I ever did my system. So mm -hmm. um, for me, um, Mondays were my agent days. And so I would just stop and think, wonder what they have been through this week. And sometimes I'd even go on Facebook and look and see what my agents had experienced over the last couple of days. So that when I called them, I was in a place of service and caring for them. And how are you? And gosh, it looks like you guys had, you know, you had, 11 open houses this weekend. Are you exhausted today? You know, it was, it was never about me. Um, Tuesday was my update videos. And so I would, I mean, I remember coming in the office and thinking, how are my clients feeling today? Mm. Anxious. Um, let's say for example, the Smiths, I knew they were having the home inspection. I knew they were anxious about that. I got into a place of encouragement before mm. I ever sent that video to them. Like I just, just try to think about them. That is so cool. So I don't know even know if you guys know the stat, but there's a stat out that they say that moving is one of the top three stressors in somebody's life. They say death of a loved one, divorce, and then moving. So like literally, like what you just said is brilliant because every single client you can almost bank on is highly anxious right now because they don't do this a lot. And you kind of looked at this almost as as helping them alleviate their anxiety too, right? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't wait. Tuesday was my favorite day. I love to send those videos telling them everything's yeah. good. I mean, it just made me happy. Um, and, you know, we do this all the time. So sometimes we forget how stressful it is because we just mm. do it. We just kind of operate on autopilot. And um, But these people do it every five to eight years, you know? And so, um, yeah, those are really fun days for me. I love this in the videos. I love to get the feedback from clients about, oh my gosh, you just made my day. And, yeah. um, you know, we just, we forget the, how they feel. You know, that's so awesome because I even fall prey to this. I don't know if anybody else does, but I fall prey to this sometimes too. I can get into like a checklist mentality where, okay, I'm doing my system. I'm doing my system. I'm doing my, blah, 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 blah. And, um, and I have to listen to my advice as well, which is success is really a function of who you're being and what you're doing. So if you're if you're just checking the boxes and sending out your videos and doing your system, you want to be my VIP client for life. It's kind of stupid, man. You know, I don't know. It will bother you. Like people are like, no. But hey, listen, I want to serve you for your entire life. I want to serve your friends and your family for my entire life. Like that is just a completely different vibe right now, too. So you said. So what you're saying is that you put yourself into a great place and you use empathy. Is that what you did? You really thought about what they're going through. And yeah, then I always thought about the receiver of my message and how mm -hmm. they were feeling before 
I gave them the message and how I wanted them to feel after they got the message. And then I operated from that place. And, you know, I mean, we say this all the time, but sometimes we forget how important it is, is people know how you feel. Mm -hmm. They know how you feel. And so if you're, if you're coming, if you're not coming from a place of service, they feel it. And I remember at the end of my transactions, the, the, um, the feedback we would get from clients is I just really felt like they cared about me. I'm like, well, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I really did. And my team really did. And, you know, we loved on our clients. And so um, we forget how impactful we can be in people's lives sometimes. You know how it's said that that really resonated with me is that people don't remember what you say. They remember how you make them feel. Yep. Isn't that fascinating, guys? And then if you think about it, think about the people in your own life um, that that you really like. I bet you it's that they make you feel a certain way, right? That you respect them. And it's it's really, really an amazing thing. Let's talk about now. Like, so you went through the process, you 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 made your process, you made it so that you serve with excellence, you did the work to standardize the process. Would you say that you kept the client first during that whole thing? That's the why. It wasn't your why wasn't to, I don't think your why was to, okay, retire and get a residual income. At least yeah, I didn't know my, I was going to do that. <laughs> my shoes, it was when I was working with you on it, it was always like, I want to provide excellent service to every single client. I want to make sure that everybody gets like gets served with excellence is the way that I experienced you during that process. Is that how you went through it? Yeah, I mean, my plan wasn't to retire and um, and have residual income from it. My plan was to do this till I fell in the grave. <laughs> Different opportunities came along, but uh, yeah, I mean, it it was never about me. And and even like, I think your team feels that too, right? If you're a great leader, it's not about you. Um, it's about your clients, and it's about your team being able to serve for a common mission. So people people feel that. I totally agree. Well, congratulations on all your success. We're so excited to have you here helping other people achieve that same success. Thanks. It's fun. Um, hey, sure. So let's go to you. So I, were you even aware? I knew you peripherally during that phase. And um, I can always remember the first time I heard you speak, Sure, We were both at a, uh, a top producer type thing and we were both speaking. And um, <laughs> I was set to go after Shira. And, uh, and like the first eight that went, were just up there telling everybody how great they were. Like, listen, I, I'm the reason that I have a great business. is just cause I'm awesome. You know, it's all about me. And, and like, you guys don't have a chance cause you're not me. That was basically the gist of people's speeches up to that point. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have gone through that, but that's what it was. And, uh, and then I heard Cher talk and I was like, ah! That was the first time I was like, man, I don't, I can't believe I have to go after her because I really felt like, you know what? She made her business not about you. And that's really how I believe that you were able to go to a brand new market where you knew not a soul and originate 63 million in, in a relatively short amount of time. What would you say about that, Shakira? Well, I'm going to address that. But I think first, in full transparency, there were five years prior to that, that I did not have the benefit of this mindset. So... Because I've been in sales my whole life. And when I came into the mortgage industry in a, a little bit of dysfunction in the subprime world, I did not have this mindset. It was all about me. And here's what that looked like. What it looked like was 
okay, I'm going to be the best right now. And I'm going to hustle and grind. And I'm going to call. And I'm going to, I'm going to get people and, and I'm going to do this thing. And, um, it wasn't until I, I got married about, and it was about five years later that I got introduced to the real world of mortgage banking, but I still had that same mentality. And so when I went into the office, I'll never forget. I, I looked at my boss and I told her I was going to do 50 million. I had never done more than seven. <laughs> she, she just patted me on the shoulder. She's like, Oh, bless your heart. Bless your heart. And I remember listening to other people in the office who were more seasoned than me and listening to them on the phone and, and feeling like, I could, I I could never, no, I could never be like them. I remember looking at the top of the scorecard and and feeling like, oh my gosh, I could never be number one. I can't be like them. And it was really paralyzing. Mm. Like, even though part of my brain knew that I was, I was here to do something special. The other part of my brain was almost sabotaging that and holding me back and making making me feel inferior. It was making me feel less than. When Derek experienced, when he heard me, when we met on stage that one day, here's where the shift came. In in my marriage, my husband at the time, he had gone through a, a really horrible divorce, and he had his blinders on. I don't want to say his head was in the sand. I'm going to say his head was in the sand. Um, he, he didn't have, he got really horrible advice. He didn't really have someone that, that gave him financial expertise. And I experienced the pain, uh-huh. all of those decisions. Mm-hmm. I have also been very transparent in that I have not always been the, the master of my financial domain. So what that meant guys is that like, it was so important to me that every customer that I came into contact with had peace mm. around their financial future. That, man, that they understood what this process was going to be like, that they felt cared for, that, man, if they had questions about their credit, man, I was going to have their back. If they needed a financial advisor or if they were going through a divorce situation, man, I wanted to put them in front of people that were, that were, that were going to help guide them through that process because I didn't want anyone to feel or experience what he did during that divorce transition. I didn't want anyone to experience what I was experiencing as an adult. I wanted, I was really passionate about fiscal literacy Mm. and, and, and just making people feel good about the financial decisions they were making. It was so interesting, Cher, because when you were speaking, when I met you right now, you had a power that other people didn't have. And guys, that's what I want you to take from this, too, is there's a there's a there's a power that comes when you put the clients first, as opposed to your own insecurities or anxieties or your doubts or your worries or anything else in there. Um, Again, I'm in this room of the top people in the nation. and And it happened to be able to speak at that, too. And. Um, and there was only one that stood out to me and I was like, that person's going places. And, and that is, that's how, so when somebody says, listen, how do you go to a new market and do 63 million, which is literally like one of the best in the nation, 63 million is insane, right? How do you do that in a new market? Not knowing anybody it's, 
you have to have the power. You have to you have to tap into a deeper wellspring of power, and that's what you're talking about. Is that is that kind of how you felt too, Cher? Exactly. Um, just like Jenny was saying, you guys, people feel they, they they feel what we feel, right? And so tactically, I wasn't a new market. I was doing all the networking. I was going to all of the events. I was I was working about eighty hours a week. It felt like sometimes, but the driver for that became bigger than me mm. because I knew that if I didn't go to the networking event that night, I, I may not meet a connection that could help someone get to the other side of a divorce or a financial situation. I knew that if I didn't put myself out there, if I didn't develop my own community, there were going to be people in my backyard that were going to get bad advice. And we have seen yeah. a lot of that yeah. in the last couple of months. Yeah. Right. You guys, some of you have shared loan estimates from other companies where people are just getting gouged for a lower rate because they don't know any better. And even if they aren't, they're not getting world-class service. They're not getting like, they're not getting people serving with excellence. No. The number of some cog in a wheel. Yeah. I remember at the time we're going back, um, probably, I don't know, I think it was 20, 2010 or 2011 when I started getting into video through, through mortgage coach and oh my gosh, you guys, I had all the same anxieties that you all do. Like, oh my gosh, I look stupid. What are they going to think? Like, I don't want to put this out there. I have got to do 50 takes. And, and the shift was no, they, they deserve to have somebody translate this information. They're going to connect with you on video. So it's not about you, Shira. It's not about what you look like. It's send the information. It's every day coming in and doing the next right thing. Not because I wanted to be anyone in my office or be number one on the scorecard or make it about me or that 50 million that I was shooting for. It became, oh my goodness, what if somebody is here in Newton, Massachusetts and is struggling the way that he was struggling or that I was struggling in my past and and was so unsure about whether they could buy, if they should refinance, if they're going through a divorce, feeling overwhelmed by all of the financial pressures in their world. What if someone is right in my backyard and they don't know who I am and they can't find me because I'm sitting here hiding behind my desk looking for the next seminar, workshop, widget, gidget, shiny object that I can study, look at, rather than just getting out there and being my authentic self. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. I love it. I love the story now. I love the story then. It was, it was really neat to see somebody resonating with like a true power. And that, guys, that's really what I hope that you take away from this call is that there is a deeper power. There is a place that you can go that's outside of your own anxieties or fears or anything about um, your own self. It's about putting the client first and it's about making their results your mission. It's that's really what it's about. That's our mission is to help each and every one of you guys get world-class results to achieve financial freedom, to achieve time freedom in there. Um, and, and so that you can have choices and you can help and you can serve at a great level. Guys, I, this might sound insane, but we are almost in Christmas season right now. And, uh, and, it, and it's a good to get um, in front of that as well. So what I want to give you guys is if you want to explore this topic deeper, this, you might have read this. You might have heard us say this again. This isn't one, a book that you read once and then you're just like, hey, listen, I've got it. 
this is a book to to go back to and read probably once a year. I reread this book once a year, and every single time I read it, um, I get something out of it. It's called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann. And in there, it's a, it's a story, and it's a parable, and it's a sales story, so it's, you know, we can all relate to it. But what he does is he gives five laws of success. And I was listening to an interview on it. Uh, I was listening to John David Mann being interviewed the other day. And what he says in there is the, is the vernacular, the language of our day is people will say like, that Shira is such a go-getter or that uh, Timmy is such a go-getter. And they called it this because what they said is the, the path to true success. And it is material success too, is to be a go-giver. It's not a Pollyanna type, hey, we just give things away and then we just hope that the universe provides for us. That's not what this book's about. It's about a mentality of putting the client first. So I want to read you guys the first five laws in this book. And before I say this too, this is the best book to give as a gift to your referral partners, guys. It really is. Okay, so if you haven't, if you don't have something for your referral partners for um, for Christmas, consider this book. So let me go through the, the five laws to you really quickly. I think they're awesome laws. I think they're awesome to to think about in here. The first law is what he calls the law of value, and the law of value is is he says your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. That's your true worth. That's your business asset. The second law is he calls the law of compensation. Your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. I literally can't think of something that's more succinct for our business. Okay. Your bank account, your income, your W-2 is determined by how many people you serve, right? And how well you serve them. The third one is the law of influence. And the law of influence is your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. That is a fascinating word in there, how abundantly you place other people's interests first. The fourth law is the law of authenticity. The most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself, your true story, who you are at, at your core. That's where, and that's what she was just talking about. Like she was able to go into a deeper place and serve from, gosh, I went through this pain. My husband went through this pain. Nobody else on my watch is going through this pain. That's the law of authenticity right there. The fifth law is the law of rest. <laughs> this is hard word for me to say. Receptivity. The law of receptivity. <laughs> this is also a harder law for me too that I have to work on right now. So check this out. The key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. This is a fascinating one. And, and you can see, I even, you know, I had a hard time even saying it because in my mind, I, I, I will just default to giving and serving and this. And what it's saying is that you can't give to your maximum if you're not open to receiving as well. Okay. You're not helping anybody if you're broke. Does that make sense? The more that you take care of your own stuff, the more that you take care of your own finances, the more that you do charge, that you do take full commissions, the way that, you, that you're okay with that is you're there to get a client's result and a client result when you solve their problem is very valuable and you deserve to be paid and you deserve to be paid well. 
And I like that in this book too, where it doesn't just leave you in that place of like, just, just give and give and, and you'll get a check in the mail somehow. This is literally like, Hey, listen, you need to also work on being able to receive as well. Fascinating stuff. So guys to, and let me go to Jenny. Do, is there anything else that you want to say about this? Um, I think the only thing that really struck me as we were talking today, when I, when I thought back to um, my days as an originator is I never regretted when I led with authenticity and service. Never, mm. never regretted that. So if you can come from that place, every time you talk to a client, every time you talk to a referral source, every time you talk to a teammate or a boss, I don't believe you'll ever regret it. And um, I actually, I love the go-giver. It's one of my favorites. And um, I, when you mentioned it earlier, I went and grabbed my copy. And one of the things, I think I did this three years ago, but they, the go-giver's read. And then they have a, um, a sequel called The Go-Giver Sells More. And it's green. And so you can put them together and tie a little white bow around it and give it to your referral partners. It's a nice little Christmas gift. I did that a few years ago and it was a, it was a really good good hit and you got a little Christmas love going on. So <laughs> tip for the day. <laughs> That's cool. Sheer, do you want any last words? Always. Um, guys, there is, whether you are a loan officer, or realtor, whether you're one year in the business, 40 years in the business, there is no one that is uniquely you. There's no one that brings the same life experience and the same gifts that you do. And I will stand here with 100% certainty and say that each and every one of you has hundreds of people in your backyard that have a question, that they are praying for a solution, they're praying for an answer. So commit to showing up as the authentic you, have a system in place where you're showing up in a relevant way every day to reach those people so that they can find you. It's not about you, it's about them. They deserve to have your expertise, they deserve to have your gift that only you can give. That's awesome. Guys, we love you. And my challenge to you this week is go love on all your people this week. Have a fantastic week and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in today. If you want help from us on how to build the systems necessary so that you can have a world-class practice for yourself, then head on over to DerekCheney.com backslash schedule and book a call with one of our coaches. On that call, we will get you crystal clear on exactly where you are in your business right now, and most importantly, what it takes for you to build that practice for yourself. Again, that's DerekCheney.com backslash schedule. D-E-R-Y-C-K-C-H-E-N-E-Y.com backslash schedule. You have a fantastic day, and we'll talk to you soon.